I'm on a mission. A mission to speak with the most inspiring people from all over the world. I want to know their stories. I want to know what stories they used to tell. And are those the same stories that they're telling today? Or did they redefine that story to overcome limiting beliefs and achieve their dreams? I want to help them share their stories. Why? Because I know the power of the story. I know that it can make or break you. It can give you the world or it can tear it apart. There's always two sides going down in your head and you get to choose. Will I listen to the one that's trying to stop me or the one that keeps pushing? These are their stories and this is the stories we tell. What's up guys? It's your host Jamie Messina and we have a special episode here for you today. A couple weeks ago, you got to hear from Lauren Smith on mindful dating right here on the stories we tell. And the cool part about that was that a little, uh, probably like two weeks before that, I got to be a guest over on her podcast about something similar. So today we're actually going to share our conversation from her podcast over here so that y'all can hear that as well. But first, if you haven't hit subscribe yet, please go ahead and do that. And if you find value in today's episode or any of the episodes that you hear, please consider going over and leaving a five-star review. That's going to help me reach my goal of rippling out to at least a million people and Starting Monday, May 8th, we're doing a 10-day mindset boot camp. If you need a kick in the mindset, uh, let's go. You can join us there. I will leave the link in the bio, the description of this um, episode. And really what it's about is, you know, whether you are um, just deciding now that you want to improve your mindset or maybe you've fallen off your game a little and you need a little kick in the mindset, um, this would be for you. We have 10 days, 10 videos, two uh, group coaching Zooms with me and the rest of the group and a private Facebook community. It's going to be pretty freaking amazing and definitely the kick in the mindset that you need. So if you do want to join us, you can check the description and the show notes and the link to join us will be there. But now let's just get to it with Lauren Smith and myself from um, her podcast a couple weeks ago. All right. Hey, Jamie, thanks for joining me today. I guess I'm most excited to chat with you specifically about how you've overcome your history of anxiety, because a lot of my listeners might be struggling with some of that specifically as it applies to the dating process. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Like, what did you specifically struggle with, with anxiety and depression and how long ago? Well, first of all, thank you for having me. And, you know, I used to always use the word overcome. But lately I've been shifting it because I don't know that anxiety and depression is ever completely eliminated. We just learn the tools to better handle it, right? So I guess it starts from when I was born. I don't even know what it was, but I was always a very anxious kid. Um, And even just at a very young age and depression as well. So that had like followed me through my entire life. I'm sure it had something to do with knowing that I was gay and, you know, it being the nineties and not as accepting, even though it's, it's still not fully accepted, but it's much different time now, just kind of like not being able to fully be myself. And, um, it was affecting me. So, um, it affected me my entire life just got worse kind of each year. And when I graduated and went to college, well, actually, no, that's a lie. In high school, I started medicating, you know, self-medicating with all the things and, ultimately like sure maybe in the moments that helped but it makes it worse in the long run um to where eventually 
by the age of 27, I was just in like the lowest point of my life. I just, I woke up every day wanting to not be alive anymore. And I'd go to bed at night thinking of how I could do that. And that was how my days consisted. I couldn't even imagine living a long life because I didn't want to live the way that I was feeling. Um, And I always say that by the grace of Gus, that's my God, universe, source, um, he or they just came down and freaking saved me. You know, I, I wound up at a friend's house one night, just bawling, crying, wondering what I should do. She was a semi-professional tackle football player and was like, I don't know, but let's just start working out. (laughs) So I started going to the gym with her and um, I felt very embarrassed. I couldn't keep up. And eventually she ended up getting an email from an old sorority roommate who was like, Hey, I have this new like at-home fitness program group thing you should try. And she's like, eh, not for me, but my friend might connected me. Um, and I started working out, you know, thought that getting abs would change my depression, realized very quickly that it wasn't about the abs at all, but what was happening to my mind. And in addition to the eating right and working out, um, the group I was in also encouraged, you know, podcasts and, and different like things like that. So all of those things together just really kind of shifted me on the right path to where then I took that and just kept taking it further and further. I became addicted to it the same way I was to like drugs and alcohol. Um, I became addicted to personal growth. So just replaced with a healthy addiction and it ultimately led me here. That's a beautiful story and a much healthier coping mechanism for sure. So that actually reminds me of something that I'm kind of experimenting with, investigating with every conversation I have lately is how returning to prioritizing our authenticity is actually like one of the most baseline things that we can do to start healing. You know, there's all different channels and pathways and you can get nitty gritty with the therapeutic terminology of what those things are, or you could just live a more authentic life. Do you agree with that? A hundred percent. And I don't even know that I knew what my authenticity was then. Like I knew at the core who I was, I was very spiritual. I was very kind and like wanting to help people, but I was so used to not wanting to show the world who I was that I didn't know who I was anymore. And that's ultimately what happened when I started those things was I began to like point the light back on me, you know, point my finger back on me and see, all right, well, what is it about me that I can change, shift, adapt so that I can be the best version of myself and also live a like fulfilling life. For sure. And that's so hard to do because there's a reason why we're all so afraid to be our authentic selves. Why do you think that is? Well, it's hard to take ownership. You know, it's definitely, that's not an easy thing to do because then you have to admit where that you're responsible. And not only does it feel bad when, you know, you're responsible for things that aren't great, but also now you're responsible so you can change it. And both of those things are scary and hard to admit. Um, I know that it's the reason why it's hard for us to truly be ourselves is because of the domestication of humans. You know what I mean? Like since even in the womb, we're already kind of persuaded based on other people's opinions, um, you know, society, religion, our parents, our friends, our bullies, our siblings, and that has a big impact on us at a very young age. And so it's, we learned not to be ourselves. We learned that it wasn't okay. It wasn't right. So, I mean, that once you learn that stuff, your brain sticks with it until you unlearn it and relearn something else. Yeah. It's almost like it felt safer to us to fit in and to keep the peace that we dealt with, like the shame of our self-betrayal because we kept choosing to be inauthentic 
but it's like, even though you feel like you're quote, keeping the peace, that's actually not peaceful for you. And you could argue that it's not even peaceful for others either. If no one's being themselves, that's probably not going to lead to a healthy connection. Yeah. And I think it's where a lot of my, even before I could acknowledge that I had anxiety or depression came from, like at a very young age, I liked things that were more masculine and I was learned very quickly that that was different and that wasn't okay. And so like, of course, if you can't be who you truly are and do the things that you truly feel like you're going to have this anxiety and and sadness within you. Yeah. How did that anxiety at the ever present feeling of, oh, I can't be myself. How did that affect any aspect of like dating or relationships? It affected all of it, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's the right person for me. If I can't even truly show up as me, you know, so then we're attracting people that aren't right for us. And we're trying to fit like, you know, square pegs into round holes and wondering why things aren't working out or why, we're lashing out or they're lashing out. Well, I'm not even truly showing up as my full authentic self. How am I going to expect my partner to do the same? And then both of us to do that together. It's not even, I wouldn't even try, (laughs) you know, I was that anxious and I wouldn't even try. Yeah. Uh, Because it was too overwhelming or because you were afraid of rejection or all of the above. All of the above. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely the rejection piece. I think that's a big part when you're already feeling insecure within yourself. Um, that just adds on, you know, and, and if you aren't taking responsibility for your life, then it's like, poor me, which puts you in a vicious cycle of poor me. Why does this suck? Every, nobody wants to date me. And you're not even be like, it's just a hot mess of, I don't know, just a hot mess, you know? Yeah. One of the things that I felt guided to talk about tonight was getting into the nitty gritty of what it feels like to have dating anxiety. Like, how do you experience that? Or how did you like physically in your body? I want, to make, I want to make something clear. I still have dating anxiety. I just have better tools. You know what I mean? Like it's still there. Then go away. Like it's just, it doesn't um, paralyze me anymore. Um, what was the question again? <laughs> I, I agree, by the way. How does dating anxiety show up for you physically in your body? Yeah. I mean, for me, it, it really is like a nervous system response. Like I get scared to even ask somebody like my heart is pounding like I it's a actual you know fight or flight response to where like you might not even ask the person that because you're feeling that actual physical anxiety that that truly even before I show up I went out with somebody last week it was a new somebody I had met and um like I hadn't really hung out with them ever before till this and I had to do um breath work on my way there <laughs> like breath work and then remind myself who's boss remind myself who I am and then you know, remind myself to just show up as me and that if it doesn't work out, that's okay. That's probably for the best because I have to be myself, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. I, I'm sorry. I didn't realize that you were, you're actively dating. Now I have a whole new set of questions for you. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like when I go out on a date and I catch myself in the moment, like feeling those feelings as well, a lot of times I'll notice that my shoulders creep up to my ears and my abdominal muscles get really tight. I'll consciously take an exhale and you know that the shoulders might come up in a few minutes anyway, but do you have any like hacks like that where you kind of challenge that with um, like a trained physical response instead? Honestly, the the breath work helps me a lot because when it's, have you ever done box breathing? 
Yeah, that's when you breathe in for like three or four, hold it for the same number, breathe out for three or four and hold it and repeat the cycle. Yeah, so I do it for five seconds, three times in a row. And it not only like, calm, it just calms my nervous system. It makes me more relaxed so that I'm not, because when I get excited or nervous, which is basically the same thing, I talk really fast. I'm like, <clears throat> and like, obviously on a date, that's not fun. You have to slow down, hear what the other person's saying, ask good questions and, you know, be present. So box breathing for me is huge. They don't even have to know I'm doing it, you know, like, you know, like, <laughs> breathing um I always go to like before you even go I have a rebounder in my kitchen literally I'm looking at it right now it's like a, that's a small trampoline get some energy out um, while you're jumping on it um think about the outcome that you want how you want the date to go and visualize it before you go um you know and, and that's all really all we can do because then it's you're not the only one there it's somebody else's too <laughs> Yeah. And I notice sometimes, and maybe everyone else listening can sympathize that when I'm so wrapped up in my head thinking about, oh my gosh, what I said three sentences ago was terrible. And I get so stuck on that, then I'm not even in the date anyway. What's even harder though, for me, honestly, like the date, yes, the date is stressful, obviously, but what's even more triggering for my anxiety is the post date, especially if I like the person. Because then I wait around staring at the phone, agonizing over how many minutes I should wait or whatever until I text back. And my, I'm an anxious attachment style. I'm going to assume that you're that as well. Yes. yes. Okay. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to assume, but what do you do? Do you have any, any strategies for how you overcome that, um, that anxiousness of waiting to hear whether the other person wants to see you again? Um, yes. And this is cool. Cause we, I just got off of a coaching call with somebody that was experiencing the same thing, which I was telling them like, by the way, I'm experiencing the same thing right now too. Like, you know, like, um, so again, breathing, but also my, my thoughts go, oh my God, this, they didn't do this. This means that you really, for me, I have to completely be aware when I'm having expectations that aren't real. Like when we have expectations of when somebody should respond, what they should say, how they should react, we're already creating the future that we don't want. Because first of all, you meet somebody, go on one date, are you going to want them up your butt? Like that's not attractive, right? So for me, I just have to catch myself and I might reach out to a close friend that knows how I am and, and say it to them verse and just talk it out. Um, some of the things you can do is journal it out and, and ask yourself, what is real about what I'm thinking? What are the facts? Because they didn't reply quick enough. They don't like me. Is that a fact or is that bullshit? It's bullshit, right? So we have to like slow down. And, and I would recommend this. It's okay to have the thoughts. I have them still, like I said, but we don't need to blurt them out to the other person. <laughs> you know, find a person you trust, write them down, just get them out of your head and onto paper. So you can like take a step back and be like, it's okay. Everything's unfolding perfectly. Whether they like me or not, I'm a catch. I'm a win. Yeah. I love that. Search for the evidence, slow down, trust that whatever is meant for you is not going to miss you. And the other thing that I like to do too, I, I also journal. I have a, a book called the mindful dating journal that I use specifically for that. But the other thing that I like to do is, um, I notice the thoughts, but instead of getting sucked into them, like if I'm having a hard time detaching, I'll purposely choose to do something that, um, is like a passion-based project to help yeah. me reconnect with that authentic place. Yeah. And also like 
don't let yourself just sit around and wait, like go live your life, go out with your friends, go do the things that you love to do, like go dance. And you know, this took a long time for me to understand. And I still have to remind myself, like people are more attracted to somebody that's not like waiting around for them to have their next breath or the next foot to drop, you know, like, you know, go live your life. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And, you know, so this is hard, right? Because you don't want to pretend that you're not thinking about them. Because I feel that that advice is on the internet and in like some shallow type articles, like here's all the things that you can do to make someone want you. And one of them is act like you're so busy. I mean, no, you want to actually, you want to actually have a life where you are busy and, and, and dating isn't your sole obsession. And this maybe brings me to another concept that I hear a lot that isn't perhaps so helpful. I want to get your insights on it, but this idea that we can't date unless we have done all the healing work. We talked earlier about how it's such a journey to find that authenticity within you, but that doesn't mean that we can't start dating while we're on the way, right? a hundred percent because there is no end game in healing. Like you'll wait forever. Like it's always, you know, once you heal one thing, Oh, here comes another. I think that being said for me, being mindful of the other person and not getting focused on like, or fixated on attraction, physical attraction, and really understanding what I want in a partner. And are they at a level? Cause in the past, you know, I've dated people that weren't in the same growth mindset as I was. And I would, because I was in an anxious attachment, I would, for lack of a better term right now, dumb myself down to not be in the growth mindset because it made them feel better. But ultimately, I don't want that, you know? And so to be conscious and aware of that and be able to see it when it's happening, even though you might be super attracted to somebody is like huge. So Yes, you're always healing. You don't need to wait to be healed or to date or you're going to die alone. <laughs> but um, <laughs> that's, a, that's extreme. But it's true because we're never fully healed, I, I don't believe. But really just know what you want and make sure that the other person is in line with that as well. Sure, because, because of the fact that we're always healing, that means that our standards are always rising too. So I feel like every time I turn that dating app back on and I start swiping, I'm like, wow, this feels a lot different from when I was swiping before. I have right. different things that I'm thinking about as I'm filtering people out. And uh, it's it's exciting because it almost feels like you show up as a new person and therefore you're going to get new results this time because you're going to be like vibing with different people. A hundred percent. And, you know, I think we are always growing and we should, I like if you're the same person as you were yesterday, last week, last month, then, then that's the problem, you know, because you're, we should never be the same. We're always shifting, adapting and growing. Um, it's definitely exciting. And I think each time I show back up, cause you know, you sound like me delete the apps, come back, delete the apps, come back. Um, I do feel a little better about it. Yeah. 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 Cause the, every breakup, you learn something more and you're like, Oh, okay. Now this time I know not to do that again. <laughs> Right. And as long as you do learn, you know, for a while there, I made the same mistake over and over and over and over and over until we learn it. It's going to keep showing up. Yeah, for sure. But okay. So you said something just moments ago about like how we get stuck um, and how if, if we haven't changed and we are in that stuck cycle, that that's probably a sign that we need to think differently, do something differently. And maybe this is where we can talk about how important 
mindset work is? Do you, do you think that that is like the key to unlock yourself from that stuck place? Yes. The first key is to like shine the light back on yourself. Like when I, I was stuck for 27 years, you know, um, because I never saw that I had the ability to change my situation. And no matter what it is, something financial or physical, or like we have the ability, we're in the driver's seat. And I didn't want to admit that. So once you realize that's true and you aren't stuck because you keep moving forward, even if it's like a millimeter at a time, you're, you're moving forward, you're growing. Like I've had some horrible, you know, anxious, anxious attachment breakups are like, you feel like you're going to die, you know? And at least now when that happens, I acknowledge like this feels really bad right now, but I know this is teaching me something and I'm growing so that I can show up even better in the next, the next time. Mm. And that it sounds so simple, but I know how difficult it is to change the way that you think about breakups and about quote rejections. Right. Do you think that there's, I mean, I know you've got like tons of different strategies and techniques for shifting mindsets, but can you think of like maybe one or two that might be really helpful to people that are out there on those dating apps? So do you mean people that are getting rejected or? Um, well, people perhaps even like people like me, people that are doing the work, but perhaps there's still a part of them that feels like they're afraid that they are stuck in a pattern, but they don't know what it is. And they are afraid, like now I'm just, now I'm like making this about someone else. I'm talking about me guys. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Wait. So what well, okay. pattern do you think? I had, so I'm like, you know, like I am, a mindful dating person. I'm on Instagram trying to give people advice about mindful dating. And I was in a really quote, healthy relationship, I thought for about six months. And when the relationship ended, it triggered that same spiral of, oh my gosh, what's wrong with me? I'm the mindful dating person. And I didn't even see this coming. And after sitting with it for a while, I was able to say that I'm okay with it. I did the best I could. It just wasn't meant to be. And I'm going to move forward with the knowledge. Like, that mindset is there, but the fear is also there. So I'm going back out on the apps and I'm like, Lauren, you're, what if you just do it all over again? You need to figure out what you did wrong. And like, it's the anxiety. I can't escape it. What if, what if it did happen again? Did you learn anything from the last experience that helped you to grow and become a better version of yourself today? I did. I, was able to see those patterns an additional time. And they were even clearer because every time I get into that relationship, there's less and less of them. So that way, when those patterns do come up, they're much bigger, they're brighter. So um, I'm going to filter those out as best I can. And if I miss a few, hopefully I'll see them sooner than later. Well, let's hear what you said. You said, um, every time I go through this, I I get to learn more and more and get a little bit better, right? Basically. So in my opinion, sounds like you need to have a a ton more of those experiences to fuck it up and figure it out. I don't know if we can swear here. So that the quicker we do that, the quicker we go, the quicker we get to the ultimate destination, you know? Um, So that being said, you ask if there's things we can do. Um, I like, so when people come to me and say, well, what's wrong with me? What did I do? What? I don't know. I'm like, well, let's ask a different question what's, what's right with you? What's great about you? You know, who do you want to attract and focus on the questions that are empowering you? Because at the end of the day, like you have to date yourself and be fully happy and healthy as you are alone. 
before you can truly have that healthy relationship with somebody else. I know some people are like, oh, that's bullshit. I'm, I'm not saying that you have to love yourself to, to be in love or whatever. What I'm saying is, I don't believe that somebody else completes us. I believe we are a whole complete person. They are a whole complete person. And then together we're a powerhouse together, you know? Um, so if you're still worried about what's wrong with you or what did you do wrong, then you aren't there yet within yourself. So let's look within and begin to love ourselves and ask ourselves some empowering questions. You know, one of the best things I've ever done and one of my coaches taught me this was, um, you know, instead of saying like a, an affirmation, oh, I'm worthy of love. Well, sure, affirmations are okay and they're great for some people, but if you don't truly believe them at a subconscious level, they're not very powerful. But our brain loves or hates unanswered questions. So what if you ask yourself an empowering question like, why? Why am I worthy of love? So he had me do this. And the first time I was like, mm, I guess I'm a good person. You know, and then I have it on my phone. It comes up in the morning and the evening. Each time I added something else. Well, I'm a good person and I'm, I'm working on my communication skills. Okay, the next time it comes up, well, I'm a good person. I can cook and I'm working on my communication skills. And like, now I have this list of reasons I can spew out as to why I'm worthy of love. It really is just hacking your mind and your brain because your brain wants to go to the negative. It wants to protect you. So it's going to keep you in away from that experience again. But that's not what we want. So how can we hack our brain to bring us to where we want to be? Ask yourself that sounds a like a yeah, powerful tool, asking those open-ended questions. Your brain will work all day long to answer an un, like to answer a question. So like you break up, you don't really know why. Do you ever find yourself being like, maybe it was this time when this happened, and oh, I remember this, I did this, and oh my, your brain's just racking itself trying to figure out why. You're never gonna figure out why. So switch the question that you're asking. You know, genius. Well, do you have any other tips specifically for helping us to feel more peace throughout the dating of? process. It's like a question that I ask everybody at the end of the podcast. Honestly, it's that, listen, you think everybody's better off than you. They're not. We all have the same insecurities when it comes to dating the same, you know, nobody likes to be rejected. I mean, I'm trying to switch my mindset because I'm like, oh, let's get rejected and move back so we can get closer to what we want, but it's not fun. And just because you're rejected doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. It's, it's nice to take a look at yourself and see areas that you can improve, but it just wasn't the right timing, the right match, the right something, but keep putting yourself out there, keep growing and love yourself first and show up in the best way that you can. And I think that also we do ourselves a disservice when we're constantly looking for that person. You know, if we're constantly thinking, I won't be happy until I find a partner, like, I just don't believe that that's true. I think if anything, it's setting you up for failure. So start dating yourself. I love that. Any, any ideas for how someone would date themselves? Like, are you mean like go out, get tacos by yourself or. Um, admire yourself the way you would someone else. But yeah, like some of the things you can do, you know, I've, I've heard this a lot and I've done it a few times is go out alone, like go take yourself to dinner. Oh, you like when people buy you flowers, buy yourself flowers, you know, um, you want to cook yourself a nice dinner and have like, and I think some people are like, well, that's so lonely. Well, guess what? We were came into this world alone. We're leaving alone as well. Like if you want to get to where you want to get, you get it. Be, just be okay with being alone. And it doesn't mean you're going to be that forever, but it's also attractive when somebody is like able to do that. Yeah. I think that there's something even deeper that I'm feeling in this process of dating yourself is because you're taking responsibility for creating that sense of joy and love 
You're not waiting for somebody else to gift you something. You're saying, hey, I have control. I'm not a victim of being lonely. I can do something to make myself feel loved. I can take action to create that moment, that experience for myself. And you know, that just sparked a thought. You know why that's so freaking powerful too? I have this saying, one of my mentors always says that I love, and it's as I think, so I feel. As I feel, so I do. As I do, so I have. So if you're in a place where like, I love myself, I'm going to take myself to dinner. Okay. So I'm thinking really great things about myself. Therefore I'm feeling great as I think, so I feel, as I feel, so I do. So when you're feeling great, you're going to put yourself out there more. You're going to smile at strangers. You're going to have conversations, right? Which ultimately becomes what you have. And then you wind yourself up. You're you're happy. You're smiling. You had a conversation with a stranger. Next thing you know, you're on a date on a rooftop somewhere. And uh, you know, life is manifesting right in front of you. I love that. I hope that happens for you and for everyone that's listening. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh. So many great bits of wisdom from you today. Uh, If anybody wants to learn more about you and your programs, this Lily's event, where can they find you? Um, So you can find me, my my website is jamiecoaches.com. It's J-A-I-M-E coaches.com. It's still in in the works though. So the best place to find me would be on Instagram. And it's just my name at Jamie Messina. Um, Same thing with TikTok. And I'm usually all up over there. So, (laughs) And I'll make sure all those details are in the show notes. And do you have anything else that you want to share with us? Like what's, what's the thing that you've got going on right now that you're just like the most proud of in your business? Um, the most, the thing that I'm most proud of, honestly, this past month, my clients have had some serious wins. And the reason why I even do what I do is because what I told you, it, it saved my life. And so it's something that I'm super passionate about. And now that I can see other people having those same shifts and literally life-changing, you know, save, saving people's lives and whether they would be alive or not. It's not the question. It's the quality of life that they're having. That's what I'm excited about is the progress that my clients are making. That's so beautiful. Thank you for allowing your authentic soul to shine through so that you can lead the way for all of us. All right. That was the episode with Lauren Smith. And um, I hope that you enjoyed it. I hope that you found value in today's episode. If you do want to join us for the Mindset Bootcamp, remember that link is in the bio. And um, I will also post the link to Lauren's podcast as well as how you can follow along with her over on her social media and her podcast as well. And I just hope you're having an amazing week, an amazing start to your May. And uh, we have a lot of really cool people lined up for you. So um, until next time.